0: Welcome to yet another episode of Masters of Our Domain, a podcast which is allegedly about the hit 90s sitcom Seinfeld. I'm Milo Edwards, someone who has never seen Seinfeld, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Phoebe Roy. Hello. That is all she ever says. And this week uh, we are joined uh, by a very special guest and Seinfeld DVD box set owner, Nish Kumar.
1: (laughs) Hello everyone. Yes, that is a very funny... That is how I introduce myself.
0: Absolutely. Immediate yeah.
1: <laughs> Seinfeld box set owner. Yeah. Do that's you how you mark the... yourself
0: out as a connoisseur.
2: Do you have the big one which is with with the book? Like the big like the big black yes. box set with the two like kind of like tones with kind of like Seinfeld oh, facts in. Okay,
1: sorry, no, I don't I don't have the I don't have the big one. Oh, okay. I I've got I've got the the blue one that's the sort of That's just the complete DVDs I didn't get. And I do have some regrets over not getting, but I didn't get the full one with the books on it. I've got the, um, the, like, the, the, the Chody one.
0: The (laughs) Abridged Seinfeld. (laughs) I've
1: got the one that's like the, the short and stout job. Okay. um, That just has, uh, that just has the DVDs. Yeah.
2: I've got the, I've got, I've got the one with the books. Listen, it's
1: absolutely great. Yeah. You've got the big one, right? The big one with the books. It is, it's a phenomenal. DVD collection like they really made quite a lot of effort with mm. it mm. and it is a shame that it's sort of just disappearing into
0: the ether
2: yeah, it's got, yeah. Like, it's
0: got... I actually prefer Gosh. the books
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it loses something in the television adaptation
2: it's, it's definitely the, got the
0: Seinfeld short stories I believe they were written by A.A. Milne
2: <laughs> it's definitely got the vibe of something that you might order out of the back of like a Sunday supplement like with a kind of it's yeah. got a kind of collection it's Time got a... life I was, yeah i was gonna call it a collection <laughs> tin that's not what i mean at all a presentation tin and mm. um, with them with the two big books oh, yeah <laughs> yeah and it's you know it's all black and gold and uh i believe you can get them like embossed and personalized you know how i feel about personalized shit so
0: you do love stuff. i do like things. personalized shit you gotta love personalized stuff come on yeah um. There's actually the other day. Um. The while mum and I were <laughs> cooking dinner, the the one show came on, and they had some like book club segment where it was the most bizarre selection of people. It included it was like a book club panel which included Rob Delaney and Rick Stein, which are just two people I never expected to see in one room. <laughs> and uh, Rick Stein was talking about this um book. And uh, he's going on about it at great length, and he's like, and he's like, yeah. And there's also a film version, and they're like, oh, and they're like, what better? What's better, the book or the film? And he's like, oh, definitely the film. He's like, you should watch the film. <laughs> um,
1: and not that, enough people sticking up for the filmed versions of things.
0: No, exactly. Um, you know, I think more more people should do that in my in my opinion. Um, so, you know, Rick Stein is a is a true podcaster in that regard. <laughs> God, he probably does have one. It wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me.
1: What, just about, like, fish?
0: Yeah, or, like, I don't know, like, R- Rick Stein's um, Cooking Adventures. I can see it now. Um, either that or it would be funny if he had, like, a really weird podcast. Like, it's just like, it's just like Rick Stein doing a sort of come town type thing with, like, two <laughs> blokes that he knows.
2: Rick Stein saying irony slurs.
0: <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) so all of Rick Stein's fans are all like,
2: but they're all like slurs for like people who come from Devon. Like they're not like,
0: oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: They're not like racial slurs. He's just got like he's just got like a real hatred for the Devonian people,
0: people from the Devonian period.
2: Yeah, Um, all the people on
0: Rick Stein's Discord are like, do do Welsh fishermen again.
2: (laughs) Sometimes a girl is just thinking about the Welsh.
0: God, yeah, that is right. Yeah, do that is like, right. Um, Rick Stein doesn't have a podcast, everyone.
1: Okay, I've oh, been googling
0: it. That is, uh, you see, you you're, you do the research before doing a bit, and I respect <laughs> that. That's what. If
1: there's one thing you would say about me, it's that my uh, comedy is impeccably researched. It may not be funny,
0: but it is fact checked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Rick Stein taking legal action against me over a bit. Um, <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: I don't want to be. I don't. I, I don't need more beef.
1: I've got mm. enough beef. I've got enough beef in my life. Shellfish Don't need to only. Add Stein.
0: No, absolutely no <laughs> beef with Stein. Don't mess with Stein. No. That's absolutely the name of the not. podcast. No, um. beef <laughs> no beef with Stein. No beef with. It's like him learning vegan cooking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rick Stein converts to Hinduism. No beef with Stein. <laughs> Um yeah, that would be that would I be. I might pitch this. <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad idea,
1: actually. Bibi, how wedded are you to the uh intellectual property of that idea? Um I'm gonna need to go
2: halves with you on that one, Nish, I think.
1: Yeah. Okay, fine, fine, fine. I've got no problem okay, with that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Well. I could teach Rick Stein about Hinduism. We as, could produce as a, it. Yeah, well listen, Trash Feature presents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> under the under the overall umbrella of your leftist podcast mm. network no, yeah, I, have, yeah. I have
2: hindu family you we could. could do that i could get involved yeah. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah,
0: yeah yeah, it could be you and you you and rick stein back to back on the cover and it's like kumar stein um <laughs> That's a, a no beef podcast
2: <laughs> so I so mean, rick i know you're a
0: fan of the show <laughs> mm.
1: <Yeah. Yeah. laughs>
0: <laughs> you my
1: family's grasp on Hinduism. I mean, that's not fair on my family. There are My father and several of my uncles and aunts have a very firm grasp on the tenets of Hinduism. My mother and me and my brother's grasp is poorer, shall we say. Mm-hmm. So it might, we might be teaching Rick Stein some very weird shit.
0: <laughs> well, that's the good stuff.
2: Oh,
1: well, I'd like to that's see Rick
0: Stein the, like, learning a version of Hinduism which actually no one else practices. Oh no no this is one, like, this is like
2: genuinely one of the most enjoyable things that one can do as um as any kind of minority and uh, you know particularly if you're kind of descended from descended from refugees as I am from different part uh, different parts of the world. Uh, Is you find a very, very well meaning uh, white liberal who works in one of the arts industries and you just make stuff up. It's it's honestly it's they and will then you make they, them do a podcast about they, will, sign they will never ever challenge you. Is that what what are you like sorry, am I some kind of affirmative action to you, Milo? <laughs> am, am I your diversity hire? Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it's no, like, i was suggesting,
0: it's like the the, I was suggesting kind of that you're torturing all. me with this oh
2: i see yeah no, no you just 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 <laughs> sh- just show up at the bbc and just uh and uh and just cl- and just like claim that yeah. like those like orange bulb lights they have are just like really really offensive to your culture because uh uh because yeah. uh the, i mean uh, because the uh the uh, lord krishna uh fought the orange lamp demons so <laughs> I'm mean, afraid you have to remove for your all understanding, of these.
0: <laughs> one, of the, one of the episodes we did recently involved um, Phoebe and a Jewish-American comedian making broad sweeping statements about what Jewish people are like and basically daring me to agree with them. It <laughs> um,
3: was one of the most careful hours of podcasting I've ever done.
2: <sighs> oh, it's a good life <laughs> if you let it be. <laughs>
0: It is, yeah. I, I accept my place as, as white stooge in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Wasp stooge, Milo Edwards. Um,
1: yeah. For years, uh, the comedian uh, who was of Chinese origin, Ronnie Chegg, and I tried to devise a show called It's Fine When We Say. <laughs> he and I we're incredibly racist to each other. Mm. And basically would like... Inco- like try and goad white people into joining in our ironic racism and mm. then violently turning on.
0: Them. <laughs> 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 it was sort of modern day trigger happy TV. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It was sort of a uh,
0: politically loaded version of Jackass. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah. I mean, I wouldn't like to say that Jackass wasn't politically loaded.
1: Yeah, no yes, of course.
0: <laughs> uh, in many ways, one of the formative experiences of our generation, that show.
2: Yeah, I think that I think that's right.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not denying that Jackass is not uh that Jackass is not uh, should be a set text Look, in political science. Oh, absolutely. Don't
2: that. depoliticize Jackass on on my show. Like that's like I'm not ha- I'm not I'm not having that.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure that I dated a girl for a year and a half because about on like the second date she was like I really like Jackass. And I was like, "Yeah, great." <laughs> This can, this can work. I ignored so many things because she likes Jackass.
2: It's even um, funnier that I think I know yeah. who you're talking about and. <laughs> oh boy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, because she
1: likes Jackass is not a sound basis for a relationship. No. I, and I can't believe I'm having to say this. Yeah. But you
0: should have seen her face when I dressed my penis up as a mouse and poked it through a hole in the wall. Um, crazy. Yeah. Shall, oh God, we... That is...
3: Shall we? <laughs> Shall we
0: attempt just, to talk don't about the
2: episode? <laughs>
0: sure. Sure. So, um, Why The episode not. opens with a bit, as they as they so often do, um, where Jerry Jerry is doing that thing where he decides to like really go at an incredibly uh, niche thing that I don't think bothers most people. Um, and in this case, he opens by really laying into the concept of the ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, what is the deal with the ventriloquist dummy? I don't think is a question I've ever found myself asking. But he, he basically, what he boils it down to is, why do they have such an active sex life? They're a dummy. Um, and I wasn't aware of this stereotype about ventriloquist dummies.
2: Oh yeah, no, no, this is a whole thing. That like, ventriloquist is- dummies are supposed to be really horny. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's like, Mm. that's like, that's like a part of like the kind of traditional sort of vaudeville act. It doesn't make them any less horrifying, weirdly.
0: Hmm. No. Something horrifying that's also horny is worse. Mm.
1: It's very very funny watching some of the stand up bits inside Fell Back because you now associate him with, you know, and like the majority of the comedy that he's done Mm. is about, you know, observations and things that are broadly recognizable to people. (laughs) But I guess when you're having to like put 2 minutes of stand up in a show every single week for 25 weeks a year mm. the observation the, the things that you're observing will have to get weirder and weirder <laughs> <laughs> and like by series 3 he's like have you ever noticed how horny
0: dummies are yeah. so what is what is the deal uh, with uh, the ancient mesopotamian epics
2: this is this is this is a segment from uh, seinfeld's Poyote series it was like a kind of like it was it it was a it was a truncated and uh, ultimately disastrous attempt to mm. uh, recreate the Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas road trip, but with Seinfeld. In fact, this was the ori- the original <laughs> idea for uh, getting getting coffee and car with comedian, and coffee and cars with comedians.
0: Why why should Hammurabi <laughs> tell me what to do?
2: And uh, yeah, so he just took some pills and, and drove into the desert and took his took his ideas notebook mm. with him and uh, and. Uh, and, and this is what this is what resulted it's actually a very tragic
1: i don't, part I don't of know life. <laughs> how the like writing process broke down with like larry david or what the writer's contributions are mm. to his stand up in the show but um, this has the mark of being closer to a piece of larry david stand up mm. like the 15 minutes mm. that's available on the curb Your enthusiasm pilot has one of my all time favorite stand up routines which starts with the premise the thing I admire about Hitler, which is already a bold (laughs) idea. But it's just Larry David saying, the thing that I admire about Hitler was that he would never take any shit off magicians. And there's a sort of act out of him, of the Fuhrer trying to negotiate with the magician to break the magician's code and explain how a rabbit disappeared. And when when Seinfeld starts talking about the ventriloquist dummy, you feel the hand of Larry David. (laughs) (laughs) like the very very specific and strange observations he says kinky things because
0: he's made out of wood like really reeks of david (laughs) (laughs) reeks of david is a great um we should have a big button in the podcast studio that says that we can sound the (laughs) alert
2: um
0: put it next to the phoebe's factor factoid corner button Um,
2: the larry david odor drop (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, lo- I love talking about ventriloquists because it always reminds me of one time, I and I probably was at uni and I was having dinner with my parents and they both had this like simultaneous flashback where they remembered that as children they had both obviously entirely separately uh, listened to a radio show on several occasions on BBC radio in which they had a radio ventriloquist <laughs> um, <laughs> And as like as like the fifties wore into the sixties and television became more more popular, uh they, they got this man onto television and apparently he was very bad. <laughs> but Just for years as a radio ventriloquist, it just had not mattered. That's
2: very radio funny. Radio
0: ventriloquist is like it's like a it's like a punchline <laughs> like he's yeah. a radio ventriloquist. It's,
1: it, well, yeah. it's, it's people it's, talk
0: about a face for radio, but
2: it's like the it's like the jo- like a job that somebody who comes up as a Seinfeld character has. Like so that what so this yes. guy is 100%. a radio ventriloquist. Yeah. Yeah, he's a radio ventriloquist. That's gold, Jerry. Yeah. Gold. No one needs to know that you're not moving your mouth, right? This is the million dollar idea, Jerry 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 i've got a great idea oh god not not the kramer voice you, you don't pro- even need a dummy jerry you, you promised me you, you'd work on it you <laughs> promised me you'd work on the kramer <laughs> i've
0: been i've been busy it's been a busy week for me
2: you're gonna say what well, oh I've, I've got a job you're, you've got other podcasts
0: yeah well, I also, if, if listeners would like another peek behind the curtain, I just got a text from a uh, fr- friend of the show and former guest Rajiv Kharia, who said thoroughly enjoyed the bit on the recent podcast where you and Phoebe just start talking shit about your ex. Great podcasting. <laughs>
1: well, he's he's going up- to absolutely love this episode.
3: Oh,
1: 100%. <laughs> he's going to have opened with yeah. with you specula with you basically implying the only reason you dated someone mm. for a year and a half was because she liked jackass.
0: Yeah. Well, and something else about Rajiv is he hates ventriloquists. So um, this really is it's a bumper episode for him. Um, Shouts out to Rajiv. Um, an episode dedicated. He likes dedicated gossip to about
1: Milo's love life and doesn't like ventriloquists. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah,
0: that is that. That's what I know about him primarily. Um, all right. Well, yeah. So that's the that's the opening bit. Um, we then cut to uh, Jerry, who is on the phone in his apartment about an overdue library book from 1971. Um, and Kramer bursts in and begins calculating how much of a fine Jerry might owe on this. Um, and Jerry is saying, no, he's, no, I won't have to pay a fine because I definitely returned it. And he starts telling this anecdote about how he was he was out with this hot girl from his school who was in an orange dress. Um and uh if there's one thing we know about jerry is that he wouldn't needed to have been at school himself um in order, uh, for that to have occurred um, uh, so i
2: just got i just i uh, just got our lawyer in my other ear mm. uh she had technically left school
0: oh okay she had technically <laughs> left school there we go um I mean, she think... dropped out george <laughs> i don't think
1: you ever want to be using the phrase technically, technically like left to... school <laughs> as... <laughs> if, if you're a man over the age of i'd say about 22 mm. i don't think you ever want to be in a situation in fact i would i'd go as far as saying I don't think if you're talking about your relationship as if the word technically comes up, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. legally you are on very. Yeah, very yeah, that it's, thing, it's, it's, thing
2: not, it's not it's not ideal. Uh, yeah, so yeah, technically legally
0: she is a ventriloquist dummy.
2: Technically, she dropped out of uh, dropped out of school, so she may be a loser, but she's not a minor. Yes.
1: Yeah. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. Is there laws against dating losers?
0: <laughs> what, what
2: you're going to call me some kind of loser file?
0: Yeah, people of loser, they deserve love too. <laughs> the loser community.
2: The loser community demands to be God, taken you seriously. You can't say anything these days. <laughs> they
0: do. They're right to say it. Um, Look, putting asterisks in loser because it's a slur.
2: There's 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 yeah. there's nothing wrong with. Uh, nursing and attraction to losers, all right? And I, I quite honestly, I'm sick of your mm.
1: jibes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You disgust me. <laughs> I'm t- furious that I've come on this, like, loser-phobic podcast. Like, uh, what, 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 what is
2: this? Is this no beef with Rick Stein all of a sudden?
0: Mm. Rick Stein hates losers. Rick Stein is a huge jock. And he, he will not be seen with any kind of, like, nerd or dweeb. <laughs> That's right. Rick Stein just giving giving the more nerdy restaurateurs a huge wedgie um, yeah. <laughs> at the at the conferences. <laughs> this one's for Ganesh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: not only only, Hinduism and bullying not only Hindu Rick Stein but
0: like Hindu nationalist Rick Stein yeah yeah, pro Modi Rick Stein this one goes out to my main man Narendra Yeah, he's like in Benjamin Netanyahu's mentions volunteering for the IDF for some reason
1: (laughs) yeah someone needs to tell the BJP that the I in IDF doesn't stand for Indian (laughs) they seem to have got very confused
0: it it that the affinity is that simple. Uh, it's alphabetic.
2: Hindutva Rick Stein is a great bit. And it's one which we can just never mm, do yeah. because it would just it would just it would just stray problematic just so quickly. We would get cancelled to fucking well, hell also, and this, back if we tried if we tried that.
1: There's quite a lot of setup required. Yeah, to, there's, you know, there's quite a lot okay guys, so Rick Stein is a television chef, and also there is a kind of uh, shared lobbying interest between <laughs> the Israeli government and the Modi Indian government <laughs> uh, that you need to sort of understand. Some of it finds its way through the UK government via the influence of pretty Anyway, listen, we don't really have time to get into all the background. This. <laughs> but here is BJP Rick's <laughs> <laughs>
0: Rick, Rick Stein, uh, really? chefing up a beautiful cauliflower coffee, coffee, uh, yeah, curry yeah, yeah. in his um, in his IDF helmet somewhere in like the West Bank. <laughs> just just uh, just cooking something up for all of the boys here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the Indian Defence. Well, course. listen.
1: If nothing else comes out of this podcast, uh, I've got m- uh, I've got my opening act for my next tour. I'll be opening <laughs> my next tour as my own support act in character <laughs> as BJP Rick Stein. N- n- Nish in white face coming out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in white face and then brown face on top of the white face. <laughs> Very confusing.
0: Now there's a skincare regime. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's like Jack Nicholson in the 1989 Batman film where the Joker goes in disguise with uh, a sort of normal skin colour. Mm. Yes. then washes off to reveal his white face paint and Jack Nicholson had a normal skin colour underneath the white face paint.
0: Incredible. It's not I don't know how they... That, that must have been a real uh, hard work for the, uh, for the costume and makeup department.
1: Well, you know, there's nothing it's all up there on the screen. Mm. I will say that about the 1989 Batman. A lot of work went into it and it's all very visible. <laughs> oh.
0: Well, there you go. So that's that's a film recommendation from us.
1: It's
2: it's <laughs> good the 1989 Batman. Like I I like, okay, I am I am very 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 supportive of the of the original Batman films. And I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what your Dark Knight and your Dark Knight Rises and you know and all of your all, all, all of that. Mm. All of your kind of gritty, grim, dark, oh, this isn't a superhero film. This is an action film. No, 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 no. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit because mm. it's all like it's it's all set up to pretend that these are like proper films and not just like enjoyable and embarrassing. And I'm not mm. and I'm not having that. I'm absolutely not having that. That's my that's my oh, they're, position.
1: They're, they're definitely. I- they're definitely action films. Yeah. There's quite a lot of... I, I definitely seem to remember a truck being flipped yeah,
2: over. Yeah, there's a truck being, a truck being like, flipped over. Like, uh, no, 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 I don't want any of this shit. No.
1: Yeah. It, it... I, know, I love all of those movies, but there's definitely no way of getting round... You know, there isn't a bit in Three Colours Red where a bank gets robbed by guys dressed as clowns. <laughs> and, and,
2: like, and, and, honestly, and honestly, that's kind of why I couldn't get on with Three Colours Red. Because I feel like that would have... I felt like that would have, like, just, I don't know, kept the plot moving a little bit. Because I was sort of sitting there just like, oh, my God, is something going to happen? Like, maybe someone could, like, you know, like... Fundamentally... It, like like, maybe someone could, like, you know, sort of jam a snooker cue through someone else's eye. I mean, like, Maybe that they, they could do that.
3: Just to, I, just to keep I it judge every them. film by
0: how similar it is to the 1995 <laughs> classic Heat. Um, and that is my only metric... Um, oh yeah. yeah. Well,
1: then of course you're gonna y- y- imagine. Imagine how enjoyable heat would be if they had were dressed in Halloween costumes.
0: Oh, I mean, to be honest, then it would just Absolutely. be Point Break.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot that point. I always forget about Point Break.
0: Oh, the, the worst one is I on a plane watched the Point Break remake that they did in like 2014. Yes. Oh, that's yes. bad. Pointless. Yeah. Point... <laughs> There we go. I said Nish Kumar is available for bookings. A
1: v- a very available,
0: but be warned it could go one of two ways. Yeah. <laughs> do not.
1: He's very available, but it you take you, you you take a lot of risks.
0: Yeah, do not bring in easily offended white people or Hindu nationalists. <laughs> um not not the corporate uh, entertainment for them. Yeah. Absolutely it's, not.
1: But it 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 could it'll probably be fine.
0: Yeah. No, I, I think so. I'll vouch for that. I'll put my name down on, the, on that petition. Um, so, Jerry has to go to the library to resolve this. And um, uh, Kramer goes with him, and they're supposed to be meeting George there. Uh, Kramer is going on a rant about libraries and saying they're full of cheapskates, and people go there to read the newspaper to save 25 cents.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> cheapskates.
2: Yeah. It's really good. It's a really funny bit. I also, I also love it when Kramer says that the Dewey Decimal System is a racket because
0: <laughs> yeah he's like made a load of money out of it <laughs> yeah so i mr decimal
2: because it's like that's exactly the kind of thing that i start saying as like a bit and then just like before too long i just like start to like actually mm. actually sincerely believe it and go around telling people that i think <laughs>
0: the teary mm. decimal system yeah you you Which wish it, you were Elaine but racket. you are kramer <laughs>
2: no i know i am um, a, I've, I've got elements i know oh, i've got elements of all of them apart from jerry i'm like i am a i am a jerry free environment but i've definitely got elements of the uh, elements of the other three in my character he
0: knows what the deal is with everything i she do doesn't want yeah. To ask. yeah i do um
2: and i, know what and the
0: I <laughs> That's right. I thought I couldn't agree with Kramer anymore during this rant and then he just started speculating on like how hot the librarian was and I'm like, tell me more about this, Kramer. Um, <laughs> now you're a man after my own heart. Let's get into MILF discourse. <laughs> yeah. When well, he said she needs a little Kramer. <laughs>
1: she needs a little Kramer and then a shot of penicillin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a classic Seinfeld Put down
0: <laughs> vintage repartee there. That's what happens. Don't mess with the bull, or you will get the horns. Um,
1: we, um, we, I, my partner had never seen Seinfeld before. Oh, okay, and we watched a lot of it over lockdown. And what's really, what really shines through is the fact that Jerry Seinfeld cannot act for love nor money, and <laughs> yeah. somehow managed to receive both. A lot of both. Mm. Um, But what's amazing about watching something like this episode, especially with, like, Kramer's tirade about the Dewey Decimal System, or, obviously, Philip Baker Hall later on in the episode, is, like, it kind of works that he can't act, because it looks like an audience member is just on set with some actors, Mm. and... His like visible enjoyment of how good the acting is around him <laughs> yeah. enhances your experience. Yeah, he's a,
3: he's, he's a very uh,
2: joyous individual in this in this yeah. program.
1: Yeah, it's it's really it's really weird. He like sort of made a virtue of surrounding himself with people who really can act extremely well, and then kind of just not really pretending that he wasn't enjoying their performances. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he just has this like little (laughs) smile on his face. Uh,
1: But there
2: is, there's a, there's an interest. Like like, he's won a
0: competition to be there.
2: That's exactly what it's like. There is an interesting little bit of a little bit of alienation technique later on when it gets very meta and they are, and George and Jerry are writing a sitcom about their own lives. Um, and Jerry is starring in it, and it, and there's a, a bit where the network executives are watching it, and they're saying like, "Oh God, this is like, like they can talk about a show about nothing." Like, and you know, the problem is, it's Seinfeld. He can't act, um, and it just, it's just it's it's it's, it's 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 very funny. It's a show that it's a show that knows about itself, which is you know more than you can say for for, for some other yeah. sitcoms of the time, and that's why it's very good. And not as some of our prior guests have uh, suggested, not very good. Just a little, uh, mm. just a little side
1: <laughs> swipe. <laughs> Don't come on this show and suggest
3: guests. that. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah,
1: I do wonder what it's like. I was very interested in my girlfriend's response to it because she did really enjoy it, and I was worried that it feels very, you know, the slap bass. A lot of it feels mm. very dated, but. It's. It is sort of like watching. It's like watching a lo- a play that somebody is filmed. Mm. Like, mm. The acting is very theatrical, and it, it is. It's a very enjoyable experience.
2: What well, the yeah. acting is. The acting yeah, is, I, is I, like. I mean. Sorry for talking about. We said this. We said this. We said this last week, or rather, I said this, and Milo gave me a very mm. kind of narrow, even look, like I was just making something up in the hope that he would tell mm-hmm. someone else and maybe made to look a fool but I actually do mean this it's very Was this when you yeah. said
0: that the prophet Elijah was in Lord of the Rings
2: <laughs> Yeah like that that was funny that deserved yeah. more than it got I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> um, no that it's very it's like um, it's like yiddish comedy theater like it has a lot of the like it has a lot of the kind of the, kind of the hallmarks and the and the kind of manners of delivery like particularly like particularly George and like the, and like the way he kind of sort of throws attitudes and sort of chucks his hands around and like the way he talks it's like it's it's yeah. very very and that's why like whenever you meet any of the characters' parents uh, they're always like particularly strong episodes because. These are these are kind of, sort of the denizens of like Yiddish music, kind of, sort of either musicalized or or like otherwise kind of uh, Yiddish comedy theater. Um, I I once had a, a piece spiked by a nameless publication uh, about uh, why well, they
0: should have given it a name. That was their first mistake.
2: <laughs> um, about why uh, Austin Powers is uh, technically a piece of uh, Yiddish comedy theater. And uh, yeah, and that was a good use oh, of the like, Oh, the
0: whites are going to hate this. Gonna <laughs> gonna... This is worse than the bit about why why Shrek is bad. Saying Austin Powers <laughs> is Jewish—that's really going to get us cancelled.
2: Austin Powers isn't Jewish. The milieu of Austin Powers is Jewish. Not the same thing. Oh, oh Austin uh, Powers
0: is... is like me. He's just surrounded by uh, by Jewish culture.
2: Surrounded. Is that How that is do is you feel, Marla? Yeah. Right. It was it was it was it was a. It was a, it, was a <laughs> it was a good it was a good it was a good piece, Nish. And it's very sad that it shall never see the light of day uh, you know, if I don't like start a sub stack or something. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. I, I feel like I, sh- I feel like I should say I had my uh, uh, first vaccine dose this morning. So I've basically got the flu. And so anything that I may say uh, should be uh, treated like
0: it's something from a fever dream.
2: And uh, I am. Um, the I- fever
0: of 39, I became convinced Austin Powers was Jewish.
1: <laughs> okay, again. That's one of the side
0: effects of the <laughs>
2: Again, the universe of Austin Powers is Jewish. And I think this even if I'm not having a fever, to be quite honest with you.
0: Fair enough. Um, so then the librarian says that they need to speak to the library, like detective investigator guy, who is called Mr. Bookman. Um, <laughs> Both Kramer and Jerry uh, inquire about this name and she's like, I'm sure he's heard all the jokes. It was like, well, presumably, right? Um, What I love about this is this is an example of something where if it happened in real life, it would be very funny. And it's somehow funnier when someone has made it up for a sitcom. (laughs) Like, well, we'll just call him Mr. Bookman and then all the characters will constantly remark on how bizarre it is that that's his name. As though the people <laughs> watching it aren't aware that you've just made that up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I, I'm, I'm,
0: Mr. Bookman, for me,
1: no, sorry, no,
2: no. no. I was just—I was literally just going to say I love that Kramer's response to finding out about nominative determinism is to come up with another example, and just like the example that he comes up <laughs> with is just is—it's it, like it's—it's it's quite an esoteric kind of baroque example, and I just—I like that. It's like I just.
1: Anyway. No, he's just, this is one of the great, um, this is, like, one of the great uh, cameos. Like, I, this is one of the, like, great, mad, weird one-episode characters on Seinfeld. Like, mm. it's, it, it, he, and, like, Philip Baker Hall is so brilliant because he, he just, it's, like, the note seems to have just been, basically, you thought you were turning up to work on a, on Law and Order. And no one has convinced you
0: otherwise. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs>
0: it, it it is very good.
2: Oh, no, it's, um, it's so good, it and like this... it's such a perfect parody of like kind of a sort of Raymond Chandler, um, sort of penned noir. Like even like like even like with the cinematography, Hard-boiled they do detective. these like they do these like wide like panning shots whenever he's like whenever he's on the screen, like they do in Raymond Chandler things, and it's just like I think mm. that's just absolutely yeah. delightful.
0: Um, and so at this juncture, George, George shows up and he's seen a crazy homeless guy out, out in front of the library. And he's pretty sure that it's their old PE teacher, uh, who got fired due to an an incident involving George, uh, which it's not clarified what that is yet. Um, and then they, they all get basically sent home because the Mr. Bookman is not there. Um, except Kramer who stays behind to flirt with the librarian. Um, this will become important later. Uh, We then cut to Elaine, uh, who is in her uh, office in in what I can only describe as a ridiculous dress. Yet again, we're in JLD corner, (laughs) folks. Um, uh, JLD is upsetting me yet again by appearing in the show Seinfeld in a sexy way. (laughs) Um, uh, (laughs) Once once again, I ask, have have the writers of Seinfeld no mercy? Could they not write her out for an episode or two? Um, uh, and she is involved in uh, what I can only describe as... Um, this, it, this strikes me as, as, a deeply, as a deeply feminine energy. The, the girl who normally gets the lunch has gone out to get the lunch. She's not gone to get Elaine's lunch, and Elaine is reading into this that she is about to be fired, that the, the, the being excluded from lunch is like the big death knell, um, and the girl at the desk is saying that it's, maybe she just forgot, and she's like, how could she have just forgot? Um, do you have any comment on office,
1: this? it's a very like as somebody who worked as an office temp for years mm. it's very interesting being outside of the being cast out of the main culture of the office oh yeah no mm. no, no like this is
2: like this is we absolutely should... right this is not just feminine this is like this is this is off this is like office power play it's like yeah it's mm. like it it is it is extremely meaningful if someone usually asks you what you want for lunch and then suddenly stops. It definitely is. That's this is not just women being insane. And my and my, like, come on, you you know you know I love to talk to you about women being insane. <laughs> 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 See, I've said it so you don't so you so you can avoid being cancelled for it. That's how good a friend I am.
1: All right, great, thank you. Can't believe we have to cancel mine. I know, know. you had a good run. It's a
0: a release in a way,
2: yeah, Yeah. like (laughs) the Um, blessed relief of just being able to give up and just sort of relax into cancellation.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can finally join the cast of Trigger Pod. Um, you know,
1: that's what this has all been about. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Desperately searching for an opportunity to get in with the trigger podcast. I'm going to be the very, official very ventriloquist long of TriggerPod application. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: I'm Milo Edwards, and this is my uh, this is my ventriloquist <laughs> dummy, Archie N-word. Um, by the end of this, you're all going to be very triggered.
2: <laughs> yeah, no. Ventriloquist it's dummy
0: funny. who's like Archie initial N surname words. Now that I would think the... about yeah.
2: Now I think about it. Um, oh, here's, here's my ventriloquist dummy, Apache attack helicopter. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I just suddenly remembered out of nowhere there being a um, like a really popular YouTube ventriloquist dummy in like the kind of mid aughts right. called Ahmed the terrorist.
1: Yes, that and was, that uh, was yeah. Jeff
2: Jeff Dunham. That was that was ra- that was racist as hell, wasn't it? I've literally hadn't thought about it in years because, like, like, um, like, I remember, like my like my boyfriend at the time, his younger brother loved this video, and like he like I was just like, oh yeah, yeah, like it, yeah, he, he he's like he's like always trying to like bomb stuff, and I was like, okay, and I was like, this is this is I'm not sure this yeah. is okay, you know, kiddo.
1: It was, uh, it was from memory, enormously successful yeah. in America.
2: No, no, it came. It, it came, um, it came over don't... here. The, the, the kids, the kids, they liked it. Right.
1: <laughs> it, it and I. It was also. I remember it being passed around on sort of early YouTube and video sh- websites. But it was real. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was incredibly reactionary mm. and.
0: It's,
1: it's probably a good riposte, and I'm one of these people who's as guilty of this as, any, as, as anyone, to be like, yeah, most comedy is left-wing, guys. There's no right-wing comedy. And then in the back of your mind, there's like, do you remember Ahmed the Terrorist?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it as a satire, though, that it's just like terrorists, they do be bombing stuff. Like women, yeah. women be shopping, but terrorists they be bombing. I love the idea of them, like like the Al Qaeda guys watching it in a cave in Afghanistan and being like, "We do." It, it's true. they
3: us. got us. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's,
0: it's like when um, when SNL that that weird thing where like you
1: know like Sarah Palin would pop up mm. in a cameo with. So it would have been great if they'd managed to get Bin Laden. Yeah. <laughs> His first appearance. Oh, he's released a new video. No, no, no. He's done a cameo with Jeff Dunham.
0: I, I bet that um, Osama bin Laden would have been a very good sport on SNL. I reckon if it, (laughs) if it had been politically possible to get him, I reckon you know Osama bin Laden had a sense of humour. That's my take. (laughs) I mean, he had several 9 11 Truther documentaries on his hard drive when he was killed, which raises that's, so many questions. That, oh,
1: that's, inc- that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know they that. had all of his, they found all of his internet history after they, after they got hold of his computer. Mm. They, and they was like, he was watching like loads of like YouTube.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of Shane Dawson. I'm no lover of the kafar but that guy is pretty funny.
1: That's very very funny. Yeah, they I'm sure they like got his like full internet history. Mm. And he I might be wrong about this but I have this like weird memory of like and then there was like he watched Charlie bit my finger a lot. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, no that's he right. Did. Yeah, that was definitely and on he, there. And
2: he loved Whitney Houston. He wanted to he had like a whole hmm. plan that he was going to attempt to kidnap Whitney Houston in order to bring him to the cave yeah. to, be his, to be his bride, because he loved her.
0: Wow. Well, uh, Bin Laden and Whitney Houston have a lot in common in the sense that both of their deaths were ultimately brought about by the CIA.
2: <laughs> also true. I also quite, I quite like the idea that yeah. like, if you are a cave-dwelling Al-Qaeda operative, as far as you're concerned, Ahmed the Terrorist is observational comedy, and you're just watching that and just going, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right, we do like doing that. That's it. like you can't like you, can't, like you can't say it's not you can't like it, you know it's like it's like you've got the drawer in your house and that's where mm. you keep like your like bombing manuals but it's like just one drawer in yeah, your and house it
0: never closes properly and like yeah
2: and like women wi- women they don't have this drawer the women and in the infidels do not mm. have this drawer. <laughs>
1: He's trying to work up material for her tour of
3: ISIS. What, what remains
1: of the caliphate? Yeah.
0: Look, I got all the way to the suicide bombing. Then I realised I'd taken the car, and I had to go back, take the car back, and then get on the bus.
2: Look, say,
0: say
2: what you like about the what remains of the what remains of the of the caliphate. Uh, they are a very appreciative audience. Because uh, no one ever, like, no one ever bothers to come and perform to them. So, like, they they really appreciate being thought of on on your when you're when you're booking ISIS tours. isis USO <laughs> is a very funny idea.
0: <laughs> like, they just have to get like who are the most halal people we can find? Like a bunch of guys with thousand yard stares because they've been you know beheading people all week are just watching Cat Stevens do Father and Son. There's
2: um. <laughs> a special treat, a Lipa. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it does sound like um like a modern update of one of the they sort of phased it out as the series went on but in the early mm. series of 30 rock one of the kind of you know in that, that way of like stuffing as many jokes as they could get into it there'd be announcements in the studio of terrible sketch ideas mm. and so it would be like uh, you know, like Josh to the stage, please for Rodney Stink, confirmed bachelor. Um, <laughs> and like one of them was like sniper talk, but like ISIS USO
0: <laughs> 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 sketch ideas in the DGS studio. What a Bob Hope emerging on the top of a sort of bombed-out multi-story car park next to a PA system, just carrying a golf club.
2: <laughs> so who hears from the Levant? <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, very few of you actually
3: <laughs> should have done a bit more research. Okay, who is from Birmingham? Mm.
0: Yeah, that is right. Um, yeah, <laughs> seen these Toyota Hiluxes they have now. Um, uh, yeah, and they called him Jihadi John. They didn't even pick an Arab name. <laughs> what is the deal with that? What is the deal with that?
2: So, so what next? Um, Jihadi Ringo. This is
0: Mrs. John. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: mm. Jihadi Ringo, now that's a bit. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Tracy to the stage for Jihadi Ringo. Part.
1: Yeah, Tracy to the
0: stage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jihadi John also gunned down in his prime, so.
2: <laughs> what? Sim- do you think, similarly do you think Jihadi, to Ringo's John...
0: <laughs> do do you think jihadi john had like an annoying wife that really drove a wedge between like the main isis commanders
2: (laughs) isis yoko now there's a bit Hmm.
0: there we go there we go now now we're cooking now we're now
2: we're we're really in brainstorming hours i think this is really good this is we're really on fire let's start a business
0: Yeah, it's amazing what you can do without cocaine. Um, <laughs> all you need so, to do is just get all need to to do is just get the
2: COVID va- COVID vaccine, and you're pretty much on the same kind of level of uh, level of thought process.
0: Mm. And it's free. Getting that Bolivian That's vaccine, coke-yous. yeah, and you don't yeah. you don't,
2: uh, and it, it's not funding, as far as we know, any any uh,
1: Colombian cartels. So, <laughs> yeah, it's this is, the ethical, this is the ethical. <laughs> Yeah. You get the COVID vaccine and suddenly turn into Ray Liotta in the last twenty minutes of Goodfellas. <laughs> Just suddenly oh, your yeah. eyes go really red and Memo from Turner starts playing.
0: This helicopter has been following me ever since I got the vaccine. Um, it's very odd. I'm not sure what to make of it. Bill Gates um, is in the cockpit
2: it... and I don't know. Wh- <laughs> I don't know why.
0: Stuffing stuffing my babysitter's flight bag full of uh, files of the vaccine. Um,
2: Minor coke dealer yeah, Bill Gates There will
1: be Gates. some arm pain mm. <laughs> There will be some arm pain You might feel a bit feverish And then you will go uh, And this is a medical term Full good fellas
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> So ISIS Um Uh Right, the, so the, the next bit of the episode is we get to uh, Jerry, George and Elaine who are at a cafe. Uh, Jerry thinks Elaine is paranoid about the work thing um, and uh, then uh, George is going on about the PE teacher and he says that he used to call him Costanza, can't stand ya. Um, and then there is a flashback of uh, the PE teacher and some other boys like ganging up on uh, George in a, in a locker room. I enjoy the flashbacks of Jerry and George dressed up as children. <laughs> yeah. Um, the
1: the sheer lack of effort.
0: Oh, yeah. George looks like Dennis the Menace. <laughs> yeah. Like the Beano version. He's got this like black curly wig on.
1: <laughs> and Jerry sort of has this like quasi mullet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's quite like um, Jer- Jerry. Almost, almost looks like he's sort of going for a kind of transitioning type thing in his flashback. It's like quite a it's quite an interesting hairstyle. It's quite like a soccer mom type thing.
2: Oh, we're not going to touch that. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, no offense meant, really. Just like just seemed just seemed like quite a feminine styling of Jerry. That was all. Um, but
2: he's got quite uh, a kind of. Yeah. he's got quite a kind of bouffant hair situation all the way all the way through he's got he's got a luxuriant head of yeah. he's got a luxuriant head of hair because he doesn't know and he mm. has no way of, of no way of knowing it is the it is the it is the curse of the jewish people um for, for, for jewish men really we don't the, the women don't really get get this get this problem is that either uh jewish men will continue to have a uh, glorious, luxuriant head of hair, kind of well, well, well into old age, or at like twenty-five, mm. they will be bald. It's a very, it's a very similar, uh, mm. very similar situation to the uh, to the posh boy, uh, to the it's to the red trousers, yeah, to the red trousers posh boy. And if you happen to have a luxuriant head of hair as a Jewish man, you have to like, you have to kind of treat it like it's a kind of like it's a pedigree pet which you know which needs to Mm. which is like it's like it's allergic to everything like it's really like it's really easily like it's really easily annoyed you've got to give it a special diet you've got to get it a special kind of special brush you've got to like groom it daily all that kind of stuff because you don't know how Mm. long you and that hair have together
0: and that's why jewish men love refinery 29 i'm sorry i need those tips
2: Oh, I see. Yeah. Because of oh, the because of the hair tips yes. and the,
0: yeah, I, I, I gotcha. Yeah, exactly. We're, yeah. we're
2: all up to speed here. There we go.
0: we yep. are all up to speed. <laughs> um, I'm glad there was no offensive <laughs> interpretation of that that I'd missed. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And so the, basically in the flashback, uh, the PE teacher and some and some larger boys give George uh, a wedgie. And uh, yes. then Elaine asks what a wedgie is. So George and Jerry have to explain. And then she's like, boys are weird. And then Jerry says, why? What do girls do? And then she says, and this was a line that made me think of Phoebe, oh, we just tease someone until they develop an eating disorder.
2: <laughs> it's not a lie, is it? Elaine is my observational no. comedian.
1: Exactly. It's a classic JLD delivery as well. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah.
2: it's so good. It's, it's so good. It's, it's such absolutely, a good line.
1: She's got a way of saying really, it, it is amazing when you rewatch it how they give her a lot of the most, a lot of the harshest and most objectionable lines in the whole thing. Mm. Because she, and this sort of runs through all of her work, like especially Mm. in Veep, where she just has an ability to just say
0: absolutely anything and somehow be charming with it. (laughs) Yeah. She's so sexy that you can't take it badly. (laughs) That's the thing. How can someone that angelic, you know, how could they do wrong?
2: This this could be this could be some of the answer to some of the most like kind of thorny difficulties of geopolitical diplomacy. They're just not getting mm. cute enough girls to, to be kind of hashing stuff out. That's the problem. They should do a hot UN. Does yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every single nation has yeah. to I, offer up believe- its JLD? <laughs>
1: I'm pretty Mm. confident that that was one of the things Colonel Gaddafi suggested when he went on that long rant at the (laughs) UN. I think it was somewhere in there was like, none of these people are hot. Of course, I'm not going to cooperate with this organization.
0: Legally, he was a colonel, but in our hearts, he was a king.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I always respect Colonel Gaddafi for never promoting
0: himself (laughs) above colonel. (laughs) You know, like when you think about like there were generals who were under his command, but he was like, I'm a man of the people. I'm sticking at Colonel. Unless you think he was like a non-military colonel, like Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders isn't a non-military boys colonel Idaho or something.
2: <laughs> colonel Sanders is supposed to be a yeah. military colonel, isn't he? He just has a kind of side interest in fried chicken. He-
0: no, no, because Colonel Sanders is mental, right? Well, was mental. Colonel Sanders, he only became a successful, wealthy man as an old man. Like, he started KFC when he was like 65, and the reason yeah. he became known as Colonel Sanders was because the town where he started it, they made him like, they had some honorific in the town that was like a key to the city type thing, which is where they made you the colonel of the town. So he didn't have a military background at all. He was just like the colonel of some shitty town in Kentucky. <laughs> there you I, go but,
1: yeah. yeah and it's good that they clarified that there is a rabbi because I'll be honest b- based on his vibe you're like that guy was a colonel in the army mm. and the war was the civil war and I don't <laughs> think you want to ask which side he was on not, <laughs> <a> good, not <laughs> the good side not the good side. <laughs> not the good side let's just put it that way wait
2: mm. so you're, are you, te- are you, are you um, telling me that the inventor of Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, was a valor stealer
0: yes that is correct <laughs> And you know, also, there's That's a thing disgusting. in Japan that they call the Colonel's <laughs> Curse because there was a baseball team in Japan that they had like a big statue of Colonel Sanders in front of their stadium for some reason. And then, like, they got rid of it or something, or it got damaged. And then, like, they didn't win a game of baseball again for months until, what? like, the statue was restored. And they call it, like, the Curse of the Colonel. It's like a whole How thing in Japanese baseball. Like, are you a descendant of Colonel Sanders? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, you, I just i didn't i just I can't imagine somebody having this amount of sanders trivia <laughs> just casually to hand <laughs>
3: Look,
0: the, sanders, the sanders family had two children colonel and bernie two very different men with very different <laughs> agendas <laughs>
1: i absolutely love the idea of you The next series of slow burn. Bit of a change of pace. (laughs) Milo is actually going to be talking about the history of Colonel Sanders. Uh, I'm not not here to talk about my brother.
0: Um, (laughs) He has an unfortunate unfortunate history of uh, pretending he had a military background. I don't approve of that, but he is still my family. Okay, I'd I'd, I'd appreciate some privacy on this matter.
2: Find Milo at 3am writing these long defensive threads about Colonel Sanders. Mm -hmm. Just like... Like yeah, everyone, everyone, everyone says he probably fought on the wrong side of the Civil War, but I'm here to say that he had a genuine belief mm. that it was yeah. better. The
0: man just loved chicken. He
2: did. He did. <laughs> uh, he did. Love, he did. Love, he was the kernel of chicken. He was the kernel of loving chicken. Yeah,
0: another of Hindovar Rickstein's mortal enemies.
2: <laughs> um, you can love chicken if uh, you're a Hinduvar. Yeah. If you're if you're a, if you're a Hindu nationalist.
0: If you're, if you're, yeah, a, yeah it's fine. Yeah, I, I thought I know that, like, obviously the cow is the holy animal, but I thought in Hinduism you weren't really supposed to eat meat at all.
2: No, yeah, no, no, no. You, you you're all right. Well, I mean, if it, you're like, if you're like, a, yeah, if you're the like the
0: strictest a, interpretation. Yeah, if you right.
2: like, if you yeah. like, if you're like a kind of, if you're a Jain Hindu, then I think you don't eat meat. This right, okay. is I mean, more kind of yeah. more imprecise Hindu facts from the two people from Hindu families. um
1: well J- Jainism <laughs> my friend who is a jain will thank me to remind everyone that it is a separate religion in of itself. Yeah, no, 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 no 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 I know that, but, there, that, but there's but, also, like, but
2: there but there are jain hindus as well as as well, well as Jains. like
1: also like my, my my whole family that are more strict observers of mm. hinduism are completely vegetarian. Oh, okay. Um and um but like then the other side of my family you know, like Kerala, the state that my family's from, has a very, has some people with very open grasps of Hinduism because there's a huge Christian population. Mm. Like my dad was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, we used to go to the temple, and then, uh, you know, then later on in the week we'd have a great beef curry." And you're like, I like "Those two things, those two things shouldn't have been allowed." To. He was like, "Man, I love Hinduism, and the only thing I love more is beef curry." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like there's Rick Stein also...
0: calling your father a disgusting apostate yeah
1: there's some like there, there's some wild there's some interesting stuff going on in Kerala generally
0: oh that is that reminds me a bit of um this is a bit what uh, Tatar Muslims are like in Russia where they're like yeah well we're Muslim but we drink and eat pork um, yeah, <laughs> we're only Muslim. We're not nuts. Um, yeah. And I remember uh, this friend um, uh, Ruslan, who was Tatar, and he said that like um, his dad uh, he just like really liked pork, and sometimes they would have relatives visit who lived in Kazakhstan or places which are like a bit a bit more Islamic, and so they were a bit more observant. And he was like, sometimes when they were there, he would just like want pork, so He would cook it anyway, and he would just tell them that it was like horse meat or something. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Fascinating. That's the thing I've I've noted about almost every every ethnic minority in Russia is that they're so Russian. Like, the first thing you notice about them is that they're Russian. No matter what their creed is, like, there's something about the country of Russia that seeps deep into your brain. It overrides all culture.
2: (laughs) If you think about it, this podcast is a Hindu podcast because we also hold the cow in, Mm. in sacred regard and esteem
0: we We do do. that is very true we do
2: love the cow we haven't had you know we haven't had we haven't had cow we haven't had cow cow corner for a while
0: yeah yeah Yeah. in the great great meat milk or wife diagram (laughs) cow is of course wife of course um yeah absolutely um so just mindful of the fact that we have a bit more to get through (laughs) Um, i hate to say that i really do Uh, i'm normally the digressions guy listen we got we all got very
1: sidetracked trying to uh, riff uh, uh, observational comedy to be performed to uh, <laughs> ISIS Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And we we've got, we got a bit far away from the point. Yeah, we did, we did. I mean, that in some ways is the point of the show. Niche. Don't worry too much. Um, and so, uh, uh, basically, Kramer comes in and informs Jerry that Bookman is at his apartment. Uh, we then cut to a bit uh, where Jerry is saying that basically everyone everyone takes the piss with the library because they get the sense that the library is weak. Like yeah, I might return it. What are you gonna do? Um, and so this is kind of like they're setting up a kind of like Greek tragedy, like Harmatia type thing for Jerry
3: here.
0: <laughs> um, as immediately before his confrontation with the book investigator, he's doing his bit about like yeah, what are they gonna do? How much can they intimidate me? And then we and then we find out. So we cut to um, Jerry's apartment where he offers a bookman from the library uh, some uh, some tea. And he's like, I want coffee, and he's like, I don't have coffee. And then he goes on this big hardball rant about how do you not have coffee? You just buy freeze dried <laughs> coffee crystals, you put them in the cupboard, you forget about them. What kind of man doesn't have coffee? <laughs> and then he's like, well, What's your problem? And he's like, Punks like you—that's my problem.
2: <laughs> and like I, his his bits in this, I think, are some of the fine. Uh, like I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is some of the finest comedy writing, maybe, mm. of, maybe of all time. Oh yeah, like. The,
1: and Jerry
0: it, is it, just corpsing it. throughout the it. Bit, the yeah. bit
2: about the 70s being a bad time for libraries and the bad time for America. And <laughs> <laughs> Rock was then mm. my bag, but you put a pair of shoes on before you come in the New York Public Library fella. It's so
1: good. Mm-hmm. It's
2: just it's just so perfect. It, it, it's, it
1: again, bears... So I, this episode is a Larry Charles episode, mm. and... Again, it's like hard to pin down Mm. some of the specifics of what, you know, like he he sort of became their like second in command Mm. when he was on the show. And it's difficult to pin down some of the specifics of what he did. But this is, there's something very Larry Charles about this. Yeah. This character. It's like, it's like some, it's just, you know, there's something very, very, like strange but comprehensible about because i i didn't realize this until this like most recent rewatch he left seinfeld to like work on mad about you and he has this like really interesting mixture of like a really strange sensibility but also something there's something really broad about what he does and like, with this Bookman character, you're like, there's something that seems very specific, but as soon as it starts, you're like, oh, we all get this. We understand what the mm. joke here is. He's just taken a Raymond Chandler character and made him apply the same rigour and intensity, but to getting library fines.
0: And <laughs> it's like, it's very satisfying.
2: I, I mean, honestly, He's like...
0: Some other choice lines are like, you think this is all a big joke, don't yes, you?
2: I and yeah, he calls him Joy Boy, which um, I believe I've called you on more than one occasion. <laughs> mm. It's um, a very funny thing to call a refers comedian. to the way that women all.
0: use me sexually. <laughs> yeah.
2: But all, like, all I'm saying he talks is, about
0: how does he think it's funny that like some little kid takes out a library book and he finds dicks drawn in it? <laughs> uh, that kind of filth.
2: All well, like, all I'm saying is, you don't find Abby Hoffman references on Friends. That's not
0: something that you. Yes, that is. That is true. I mean, I like, Joey doesn't I just, share books.
2: I just, I just generally like, I just generally like the broad conceit of. What if there was Mm. a cop of something which you wouldn't necessarily expect there to be a cop of? I think that's like I think that's
0: basically Twitter is the world's greatest experiment in that. (laughs) Am I right? You are right. Am I right? A lot of people who claim to hate cops love being cops.
2: Welcome
3: to (laughs) welcome (laughs) Um, to the
0: post
2: left, Milo. Do you wanna
1: (laughs) wanna
0: go on the perfume national? I've always been on the post left. (laughs) Don't worry about that. Um,
1: <laughs> I don't think Philip Baker Hall has been bad in anything. No, I, like, no I'm uh, willing to he's go into that. that. He's been in some movies that maybe are not so great, but he is just, he, he, like, you know, he's in all the Paul Thomas Anderson movies. He's in Zodiac, The Insider, and, you know, even in this, you're like, he's, whatever the size of part, it's always mm. incredibly memorable.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it, he did really steal this episode of Seinfeld, huh. yeah. even despite being up my... against JLD.
1: Yeah, tuned in for my podcast, Hall
0: Pass.
1: <laughs> 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 we discussed the career of Philip Baker Hall, film by film, <laughs> TV appearance by TV appearance. <laughs> okay. no, I, I, I,
2: like all, I always yeah. conflate...
0: Him and Rick Stein.
2: Um, I always conflate Paul Thomas Anderson with Paul W.S. Anderson. Um hmm. Which yeah. is uh,
1: very, which... very exciting. Career, very exciting to imagine Resident Evil ending in a reign of France.
2: Yeah, ex- yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Um, and like whenever anyone starts talking about like what a baking
0: hall where Rick Stein every week uh, makes a cake for <laughs> Philip Baker. <Hall. laughs> God, no, that's a cake Stein. Alan, that's, an, that's
2: an that's an Alan Partridge idea. That's not a. <laughs> <laughs> that's not <Yeah>. a <laughs> that's,
1: that's,
0: not of this uh, yeah. that's not worthy of this podcast. Yeah, worthy of this podcast
2: yeah that's true yeah get rid Um, of it so then basically he
0: he storms out and he's like uh you got seven days seinfeld um and then as he storms out you see that the librarian is in kramer's apartment um (laughs) which is great i i love kramer getting pussy this is actually low-key my favorite detail of this episode um it's very i I think everyone knows that kind like a guy like kramer who is so like chaotically yeah. off-putting, and yet a certain kind of woman finds him irresistible?
1: It, it, the the inexplicably attractive, dustbin dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just like a, and even even the people who are attracted to him are like, I don't understand it.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I don't know why I'm which doing is, this.
1: Which is explained,
2: <laughs> oh which is explained later on in the show. Um, ah. That that that, yeah, that Kramer ha- that Kramer has a. Uh, of animalistic sort of pheromonic quality called the Kvorka, uh, which means that people are irresistibly drawn to him, even though he is like technically repulsive. Like Steve Buscemi, Uh, who I I think is like paradoxically one of the sexiest people on earth, Mm. even though he's like horrifying and looks like a bug.
1: Oh, when he is on 30 Rock, I feel like I'm turning this into a 30 Rock podcast now. But when he's on 30 Rock, they uh, he he plays a private investigator and he has a line in it where he says, they call me the chameleon because of my big, wet eyes. <laughs> <laughs> he
2: does right. have big, wet eyes. Mm. Yeah.
0: Because I'm always crying. Um, Steve, if, then... you're, if
2: you're listening, just uh, give me a... Give
0: me a call Give Phoebe a buzz my, That boyfriend my, Can my be DM, out of the picture My,
2: D, my DMs are open mm. um, <laughs> They're not open um, no. Listeners Do not DM the, Phoebe
0: the not
2: Other open. people listening do to people this people Do not DM people. Phoebe <laughs> Do not um, DM me um, Unless you're no, Steve Buscemi uh, no, Or no one Or an agent of Steve Buscemi
0: Yeah If you're, an, if, you're a, if you're a medium For <laughs> Steve Buscemi <laughs> Steve. Um, A negotiator So Jerry says That he has <laughs> a witness Steve Buscemi proxy <laughs> Yeah, that's right. One one of his one of his familiars. Um so um yeah, Jerry says that he has a witness. Um and so he he looks Sherry Becker up in the high school yearbook. Um and uh he he goes to meet her at a cafe. Um and the sort of the implication of this scene is that like he's kind of disappointed that she's like no longer hot. Um and he's not very interested yeah. in her. Um, and then she starts correcting all of the details that he misremembers about this day, such as that her dress was purple and not orange, and that she wasn't, uh, she wasn't chewing licorice, she was chewing dentine gum. And so then he starts to get paranoid that maybe he's misremembered about returning the book. And then she says that he was reading to her from Tropic of Capricorn, not Tropic of Cancer, which is the book in question. And then he remembers that he'd given Tropic of Cancer to George. Um, and then we cut to, um, the librarian is reading her poetry to Kramer in the library and he's saying that it's really good and she should get it published. And then they start like shouting to test the echo in the library after hours and then Bookman emerges and starts chiding them for using the library after 5.30pm. And he's like, I remember when librarians were old women with no private life.
1: <laughs> no private yeah. life is great.
0: <laughs> they were just part of the library. There was no like nuns. Um, it is it is weird the stereotypes we have about librarians because I feel like they've kind of faded now because like there are basically no libraries. And so yeah, like yeah. the concept yeah. of a librarian as a career, it's a bit like those towns in the north where there used to be coal mines or whatever. Like it's a similar thing with librarians. Just like, well, I come from a proud line yeah, of librarians, yeah. but now it just doesn't exist anymore.
1: <clears throat> yeah, yeah. They just uh, they stopped giving them mm. money. Did people stop using them? Oh no. People yeah. still needed them. They just
0: Yeah, we just got rid of them. <laughs> We were like, yeah. you know what? Fuck libraries. What are you reading for? Jeepskates.
1: Yeah. yeah, you bunch of nerds. Yeah. Why don't you just look on the internet like that? Yeah, a I cool can't show. believe that uh,
0: George Osborne hired Kramer to uh sort out the UK libraries <laughs> network. Um, that was a
1: That's actually a more comp- that's more explicable than what happened in real <laughs> life, where they just decided to stop giving them money.
0: Yeah. Um this is uh, yeah, another yeah, another sign of our loony left podcast that we're like interesting, <laughs> the government just stopped giving libraries money. Yeah. I, think we're I like made the idea of the like UK. a
2: library being like like a kind of hereditary job. Like not a, oh, yeah. a library, a librarian being like you like you Dead like you simply shoes. have no choice.
0: Sheesh. Dead woman's yeah. clerks.
2: Yeah, exactly. There's a kind of little mm. golden bow situation. You have to yeah. like you in order to take the place of the librarian, you've got to kill the previous one, which is very difficult because it's, oh, it's like the Highlander.
0: Thing. There can be only one.
2: Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. so okay, so right, look, okay, let's get okay, let's sorry, let's get the mythography in order here. It's like the mm-hmm. Highlander and the Golden Bough, and also it's a kind of handed down, is a kind of matri- is it mm. matrilineal, would you say? Okay, yeah. so yeah. Okay, so Librarianism also, is while Judaism. While we bring the Kerala fact,
1: there's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> and Kerala is also, uh, has a uh, matrilineal system of inheritance. Ah, okay. Oh. So, okay,
2: fine. So this is, so so. really, I should be a librarian.
1: Also, Kerala does have the, um, has an indigenous Jewish population. Like there's, like a, there's an, there's a really old synagogue in, in Kerala. Yeah.
2: No, there it's was, all coming um, together, guys. There was a, um, there was a series by, um, I think, Ben Judah, where he went to India
0: Indian Jewish you going to say Ben Indian
3: Fogel Jewish for family. a
2: second.
3: Yeah, a Ben very Fogel show. is
2: from an Indian Jewish family. He no, just no, that's, it no, that's no, that's what we've really funny it about it would it, be wasn't, well. but
0: it was just, <laughs> like, incredibly out of his depth.
2: <laughs> he just, like, shows up and he's just like, I don't know.
0: I um, rowed here shows now and now quite, like, quite out of breath. <laughs> Yeah. Him and Rick Stein.
2: Rick Stein keep asking to stop off in the middle of the ocean to catch some fish.
0: <laughs> 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 That's is my understanding. <laughs> on the Tranjia, on the rowing boat. Yeah. It's fantastic the stuff out here, Ben. You know. How fresh these scenes are. Ben's just like dying. Looks like Tom and cast away. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which
2: I haven't seen I remember, because of my it. because of my rule.
0: Yeah, a friend of mine had a stand up bit about how if you compare uh, Bear Grylls and Ray Mears, like their experiences of the wilderness are so different. Like how Bear Grylls is like <laughs> grizzled, like covered in filth, like tearing open a tree to eat a bug, and then like Ray Mears is just wandering along a beach, like finding a box of pizza and going like, "Oh, delicious." <laughs> Having a wonderful time in a pair of shorts. Um, It's beautiful stuff. Um, Right, so we're close to the end of the episode here, actually. Uh, And so then Elaine uh, is saying that she's going to have this meeting with her boss, which she's worried about. The Elaine storyline doesn't really get tied up. It just
3: just sort of gets left.
0: Um, She finds Kramer crying over the librarian's poetry, which I initially took to mean maybe they'd broken up as a result of Bookman's uh, fury at their uh, relationship. But apparently he's just moved by the poetry as it it later transpires. Um, uh, George, meanwhile, has ascertained that the homeless guy is definitely their old PE teacher, Mr. Heyman. Um, And uh, he went and said hello to him and he gave George a wedgie uh, during that conversation. And then Elaine says, well, at least it wasn't atomic. And he says it was and holds up the removed waistband of his parents.
1: um it's the, the great, the interesting thing about this episode and this series is like because there's bits of series three that are absolutely incredible, mm. um but it's this episode and this episode is so brilliant, but it doesn't quite resolve. Like it's like they're they're almost at what I think becomes kind of peak Seinfeld. Like by series four, when everything is sort of everything is like humming on full mm. throttle. I don't really get cards. <laughs> yeah. When everything is accelerating through full break. <laughs> when um, we're at, when, when we're in fit. Yeah, really... Um the indicators yeah, yeah, are yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know why a man who cannot drive embarked on a car metaphor. <laughs> um, but it's um when everything is when the methodology of the show is like at its peak, there's no way that, that Elaine storyline would just sort of end quickly. Mm. Like they would, it would they somehow be able to tie it back mm. around into the you know the, the the whole thing would kind of come crashing down in one mm. scene. Um, but yeah, this is like an example of how it's almost at its peak of, as a yeah. show. Yeah, like at
0: some point, JLD would be in a Victorian nighty if this was like a really canonical Seinfeld episode. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, <laughs>
2: that's
0: what that's what it needs. That's what it needs. That's the special sauce. <laughs>
2: What like what like while we're on JLD's storyline, it's true. Like it doesn't oh, really get kind of sewn up properly. Apart from she, uh, she gives she gets persuaded to give the librarian's poetry to her boss in case uh, in, you know, thinking that that's going to uh, re, like revive her reputation with him. And Jerry says, oh, so do you like her? And she says, no, he didn't. And but that doesn't really get like it does mm. get come it does get addressed yeah. and returned to like late. And in fact, I think they replaced the actor who plays Mr. Legnon as well. Um, because mm. they make him a kind of more significant yeah. character, and they clearly want someone who's like who's got kind of better comic timing. Um yeah, before we just but, got a guy. But I would just like to flag up another bit of great JLD line delivery, mm. which is when she when he says like when uh, she's sorry when she says um i've got to go see my boss and jerry says oh maybe it's good maybe you're getting a raise and she says maybe i'm getting a wedgie and that's just it's a very well delivered line
0: yeah i I like the idea of just like how it it is kind of one of these it's one of these like weird transatlantic differences in culture that like the idea that you might be given a wedgie at some point is like a sort of thing that Americans are imbued yeah, with yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like I think it's one of the amendments of the constitution yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like somewhere around there it's like you don't have healthcare but you
0: can have guns and wedgie yeah, each other exactly that's what freedom is is the right to wedgie <laughs> any man that's that you can wedgie the president if you can get close enough legally they can't <laughs> arrest legally, you for they... it it's your, it's your right <laughs> Um and so yeah then basically Jerry confronts George about the fact that he gave him this book and then he didn't return it. And then there's a flashback again to the wedgie incident and it transpires that George lost the book during this. Um yeah. we then cut to Jerry writing Bookman a check for the for the fine. Oh this is when he actually says the line punks like you that's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> um and then, uh, yeah, we have the like that kind of weird resolution of the Elaine thing, um, and then we get a like a, a cut to uh, the homeless PE teacher sleeping by some bins, and he has the the book Tropic of Cancer yeah. with him, um, which is just that is the to me the most bizarre twist of the episode. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, what that he's had it feels the book like a sort all of fever, fever dream. <laughs> fever yeah. Dream.
2: I yeah. like. I think. I I, like, I I think it's um interesting in terms of the 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 broader um construction of the show when he runs into when he when he arranges to meet uh Sherry Becker his high school crush mm-hmm. um yeah. and it turns out that he's like misremembered everything and like he's misremembered the color of his mm-hmm. her dress and he, they don't really go into like what kind of significance that has like i kind of want a little bit more on the unreliable narration of jerry seinfeld because if he mm. can't remember the color of the dress yeah, and totally. the type of the gum and even which henry miller book it is then how yeah. are we to take what he says about anything else jerry seinfeld is like, in like, a
0: sort of shutter island scenario here
2: look jerry jerry seinfeld is 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 humbert humbert in a
0: number of different ways. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. Fuck. Uh, legally. Uh, legally. Legally. There <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are so, no Humber, particular
2: Humber. Points, points of comparison between Jerry Seinfeld and Humbert no. Humbert. Humber. Um, yeah, yeah, but I, yeah, I, because I, it, it's, it's one of the things that comes up from time to time, which, which is where You basically realize that you have no idea how old these people are supposed to be because Mm. they have like quite a lot of the markers, both in terms of like behavior and like kind of stages in their lives that they are, of like people in their like 20s, but they're definitely not in their 20s. They're definitely supposed to be in their 30s. Um, And you only really get a sense of this when like the people Mm. around them are having kind of much more certainly for like at the time normal trajectories to their lives like even though Jerry's supposed to be like 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 he's supposed to be doing pretty well um but he doesn't obviously I don't know much about how likely it was that you would own your own flat in but like I kind of feel like if you're if you're like he's supposed to be a relatively well-known public figure and, yeah. you know, he's still like he's still like he's yeah. still he's still renting Particularly um, down the like, until the until like until 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 season season three, like uh, uh JLD still has still has a roommate. There's like a storyline where George has to, like moved back in with his parents. Yeah. Like it's weirdly very kind of prescient about um about kind of much, much mm. later mm. uh millennial like kind of older millennial lifestyles like they're all still renting they're in these like they're all in these like precarious jobs like they're always like kind of chopping and like chopping and changing like jerry's trying to be a stand up like kramer does whatever it is that kramer does um but then yes. every so often you're reminded that they are sort of supposed to be people in their thirties. So like when he meets a woman who he had like a crush on at school, and she's basically a middle-aged woman who has two kids, mm. one of whom is in high school. And I just think that I just think that I just think that's quite interesting because mm. uh, I saw this post the other day, which like made me feel quite ill, which is about how like these t- the two these two characters in Cheers are supposed to be like thirty-five. And yeah. they're supposed to be oh, like look yeah. ancient, and they're supposed yeah. to be I'm, like I, I, I know. Ex- Do, did I you see exactly this post? This did it upset you as well. Exactly. <laughs> reaction. Yeah. Um, and about yeah. how like yeah. they're supposed 100%. to be like broken old men, and this is mm. like, and any like chance for yeah. them to have had like any kind of decent life, it's gone. It's behind them because they are. They're <laughs> done. They're done. They're mm. finished. They're old. And I just looked at this post and I was like, I'm not going to kill myself however <laughs> um, um yeah and it's kind of it's like it's like kind of the same thing like it's interesting that they don't have any of the but they, but then again they don't have like really the signifiers of um like people in their 20s like none of them like none of them drink really they don't go out they don't go to parties mm. they don't really like see anyone outside their very very small friendship group apart from when that's like a kind of plot driver hey, hang on so, i'm like, in
0: my 20s and that describes me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you drive
2: everywhere, so that's different, I think. You go to that's
0: parties. True. That's true. Uh, yeah, maybe. You go to
2: parties, Sometimes. you go to, like you go out. Yeah. Yeah. Like you go to like you don't like only see you're,
0: three D. You're, like, so- hey, hey,
2: like- come on, little buddy, you've got a little <laughs> <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Cheer up. Hey, none you, of them have a you're, podcast. You're so- What's up with that? Your sole site of
1: you got a podcast your yeah.
2: <laughs> Your sole site of socializing is not like the coffee shop round the corner though. That is true. Like you go to no other parking places in the shop. yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> there's no parking there. But yeah, That's so it's right. interesting. Like they have, yeah, they have some of like the life markers of people in their twenties, but like people in their twenties, like now, but also mm. of people in their thirties now, but definitely not people in their thirties in like 1991. So I like, I, 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 like, I wonder what like the kind of what the contemporary reception of being shown people in their thirties who still live like they've just finished college. Like whether that, like whether that
1: I just, that was just sort
2: of part of the, like part of the of the universe of the show, and you just accepted it. And you just didn't think about it that much. I
1: I read, um, I read a book called Seinfeldier mm-hmm. by Jennifer and Armstrong, which is a it's a great book about the show. And there's a bit in it where she quotes somebody who worked on. The show. I can't remember who it is off the top of my head, but they were saying this show ultimately is a show about living in new york in the mid 80s mm. written by people living in la in the early 90s and it's and so i th- i think it probably pl- i am i think it probably played at the time funny that these people were living like this in their 30s that they were still basically behaving like living like children yeah.
3: but it was That's, you yeah. know like
1: larry david lived in partially subsidized housing okay for art for artists in in the the sort of semblance of some probably like fdr program Mm. that existed still in the like early in early to mid 80s and like the the flat that jerry lives in is sort of based on that the flat that he lived across the hall from kenny kramer Mm. in um and so it I, I know exactly what you I mean, Phoebe. It is really interesting because weirdly it feels, it makes the show feel incredibly current mm. Now. Mm. But I think that at the time it was a joke.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, it look at these like, losers. It played it played yeah, look
2: at these losers. And it's just like, oh, it's actually How just... Larry David, David manifested the post-2008 crisis.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so <laughs> like, get oh, this, it, Jerry Seinfeld, he's this. 30 and he's single.
2: But, but <laughs> yeah, and again, if you can com- like if you compare this with Friends, which is like deeply, deeply cons- Like okay, fine, we're not doing, we're not like cancelling Friends because it's because of its like various problematic aspects. Because we are not losers, uh, we can cancel no. it because it's not funny. I'll do that. No. That's fine. I'm happy mm. to do that. Mm. But like it's so deeply, even though they're supposed to be like young people living in Manhattan. Mm. It's still very deeply conservative and small town in its assumptions. I rewatched an episode the other day where, like, one of them is talking to about how, yourself, like, really. one of them who's like having like a kind of breakdown because she's twenty eight and she's not married and it's like <laughs>
0: hmm.
2: oh and the yeah, russian and character in
3: friends and there's
2: this and there's this whole thing about like them reaching like their 30th birthdays and being like okay this is it now i'm old and um and like going ahead with like going ahead with a, like with a pre- with a pregnancy because you're 30 and it might be your last chance like there's even a bit where like shawn says to monica that he's her last chance to have a baby and she is supposed to be like 31 at this point
3: <laughs> um, like when, the show
2: st- when the show starts the youngest but- character is supposed to be 25 and they are living the most yeah. boring heading towards like a very very specific kind of trajectory life like that like all they do is go to the coffee shop as well
1: mm. yeah there there is this weird time stretch in friends where like the timings get very confused mm. uh, because like you're like they turn 30 they, they very early on, like they talk about the specifics of their ages and that becomes a problem later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they try to like eke out their 20s, because there's various points where characters will say, I'm 26 and I'm 28. Mm-hmm. And then you're like two years later, you're like, shouldn't you all be 30 now? And then they when they made a thing of everyone's 30 birthday, like I've. Lost the ability to understand. It's like dog years. <laughs> yeah. Lost the ability to understand how are yeah. any of these characters it is. Very it's much right, a show in, that increasingly furious
0: letters. Yeah, <laughs> it, do, it yeah. does. It has the mindset of a dog in many ways. It's a very confused. Is,
1: uh, have you? Either of you seen Sour Grapes? No. 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 Sour Grapes is the film that uh, Larry David made that is. Consistently referred to as being a complete disaster on Kirby buyer enthusiasts. Oh, okay. Um, and it is weird because it is in a way that things that aren't completely successful that are made by people who've made things you love are still fascinating. Mm. Um, but <laughs> one of the things in it is an astoundingly damning Friends parody that the characters are all watching. <laughs> <laughs> It's an astonishingly uh, dyspeptic friend's piss take, which is interesting because I think certainly David Schwimmer has been in uh, Curb. I'm not sure any of the others have, but Schwimmer's yeah, because he's his in co-star Curb,
0: in the musical. He's in, in the yeah.
1: pro- in the producers, yeah. But the, it's um, yeah, it's a really it's really interesting, and especially the point that it came out because he left in series mm. seven. So it's like it sort of is at the height of Friends. Larry David took this absolute broadside <laughs> at Friends in his film. Um, it's it's very it's a very funny little detail. I only watched it um, uh, last year, but not last year, two years ago. I've done that thing where you um, discount the pandemic. Oh,
0: absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we're not counting that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two years ago, I did. Uh, I, I did like a sort of. Um, Like there's a Larry David festival Mm. that gets organised and a friend of mine is friends with the guy who runs it. And so they screen like Seinfeld episodes and Curb episodes and then they screened Sour Grapes. And I was there because I was introducing the 15 minutes of stand-up from the Curb pilot because I have been obsessed with that for a long time. But it is interesting because you, if you watch a lot of Seinfeld, then you watch Mm. a lot of Curb and then you watch Sour Grapes and see it as the midpoint between those two shows, it's very interesting. It's not a good <laughs> <laughs> like so many of the films we talk about
0: on this show.
3: <laughs> um,
0: we we have subjected people to, to many films on this show, including Crocodile Dundee and Highlander. And uh,
1: yeah, yeah sure.
0: no, we that's in our that's in our wheelhouse, um, hundred <laughs> percent.
1: But I would definitely when you get to the end of Seinfeld it would be worth it is or maybe after series seven. Cause if you're following it strictly and doing the chronology of what Larry mm. David was up to, it would be very interesting to watch sour grapes because it has all the classical music and it has the social faux pas, yeah. but it it, 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 it it doesn't quite work. Mm. And he is moving out of Seinfeld into curb, um, but he doesn't all quite come together. But it's, it's definitely worth mm. watching. And it is worth watching just for the incredibly ill-tempered Friends Piss. Amazing.
0: Oh, well, there you go. There's, <laughs> an, there's <laughs> an official recommendation there from the, from the podcast.
1: Um, a very qualified recommendation. Wow, new, that like, recommendation. new podcast. <laughs>
0: um, there, is, there is one final beat of the episode, uh, which is that Jerry does a bit about uh, how gym class is insane. Uh, and he's like, you know, you're like climbing up stuff. You know, people are throwing dodgeballs at you. You're just trying to survive. And then after that, you just have like maths. Um, he's like, it's a very, it's a very strange rhythm to a day. And I, I think this is another yeah, yeah, one of yeah. that we talk about this a lot on the show. One of the bits where it's like Seinfeld has like, an, it's not necessarily a joke, but it is very true. <laughs> 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 I often felt this way. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a lot of American uh, like PE class activities are like much weirder than British ones as well. Like dodgeball, I find to be
1: dodgeball is so yeah. weird. It, like I don't understand why it's a good idea to like teach children ball-based cruelty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but some people are very into that niche.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, listen, I'm not into no, absolutely games,
0: not. Um, <laughs> what that what is high school for? Other than keeping children abreast of what kinks they might grow up to have,
2: cock and dodgeball torture.
0: There you go. That's where it is. Um, we're not going to. That's that, where we? we're at. Yeah, um, P- potentially not. It, it remains. It remains for us only to thank Nish very much for coming on.
1: <laughs> My absolute pleasure. Listen, I love to I love to talk about Seinfeld. I love to workshop uh Rick Stein-based religious extremist <laughs> characters. All of this is great. That's for right. me. This is That's what fantastic. we're going for. Is there
0: anything you'd like to plug to our, our loyal hogs?
1: Oh, uh I um yeah, this uh, two uh, comedy albums that I've done uh, available uh, wherever it is you procure music from mm. the internet. Um and um and I'm uh, I'm going on tour next year, and all of the details are on nishkumar.com Yeah, go, go
0: to go to that tour to see Nish in white face, um, and then brown face yeah, on top. If, well,
1: yeah, I will be opening with uh, <laughs> yeah, BJ next night, So look forward to that.
0: <laughs> Saving money on a support act by uh, being being your own guy. It's a good it's a good route. You're doing the Lorraine Kelly tax dodge thing. Um, <laughs> I'm the
1: character of Lorraine Kelly, That is right.
0: (laughs) Hello, and I'm blackface Lorraine Kelly. Welcome to uh, Nish Kumar's uh, tour. Um, I'm not even going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Um, Right. Uh, Thank you very much for listening to this episode. We have a Patreon uh, if you would like to subscribe to that. It's It's $3 a month for the regular bonus episodes, and $5 a month if you also want the Movie Corner episodes where we do things such as... Uh, discuss the film Highlander and or as we did recently uh, do a table read of the Seinfeld 9-11 episode Um, so uh, do do give us your money and listen to that if you want to gather cancelable data on us Um, uh, yeah and we will see you uh, next week on the bonus feed or in two weeks on the free feed bye bye